The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, cloud. Let's talk. The IT industry is in a state of flux as traditional approaches are impacted by what? Converging disruptive technologies. That's what we talk about on Game Changers Radio. If you look at the list, cloud computing is at the top. Today, I'm going to welcome five technology visionaries. They will meet to gaze into the cloud. Doesn't that sound poetic? What do their expert eyes discern? Well, we're going to find out. Let me introduce my panel. They were each kind enough to send me a quote on their perspective, some of them in their own words, some of them in the words of famous people, maybe a little more famous than they are right now, but after the show, they'll all be famous. First up, I'd like to welcome Sven Denikin, the Vice President of Strategy Cloud Solutions at SAP and Sven sent me the following quote, the most important long-term benefits of cloud are greater business flexibility and agility versus cost savings. Sven Denikin, it's been too long since you've been on radio with us. Welcome. How are you, Sven? I couldn't agree more. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So talk to me. That's your quote. What are you, what are you thinking? You gave this to me about a year and a half ago. Does this still hold true, Sven? Yes, and I think we are delivering in the cloud um, environment on that promise. And I think every cloud vendor is turning to that to see how they can support business outcomes. Actually, that's the only way how cloud can succeed, not only being a technology, but really a business enabler. Okay, so is cost savings no longer top of mind to companies today? Are they Is the greater business flexibility and what we love to call agility a part of flexibility? Sven, is that really outweighing the importance of looking at cost containment? Cost, of course, always does matter. But if you do mm-hmm. surveys, you see that it's not longer number one. It is, I, I think, under four or five. It's really everything around innovation. And business owners, they need to innovate fast. They want to innovate fast, and that's why they prefer cloud. Okay, good. Start to our topic, and let's turn to, I didn't say in the beginning, we have Sven from SAP. We have four analysts from TBR, that's Technology Business Research, and Sven is going to go one-on-one with them on their predictions and see whether he agrees or disagrees. going to make some very interesting conversation. So first up from the TBR side of the house, if I can say that, is Alan Kranz, Senior Analyst in TBR's Software Practice, and Alan is quoting Abraham Lincoln today. Well, we certainly are honored, and the quote is, whatever you are, be a good one. Welcome, Alan Kranz. How are you? And let's talk about Abe Lincoln. Thanks, Bonnie. Doing great. Glad to be here. Um, I think I love this quote because it's simple, but it, it sums up a lot of different things. 
Um, for this purpose, we could say for cloud, and I agree with Sven, uh, cloud is about whatever business um, your customers have. Cloud is one other way to allow them to make sure that they can differentiate and, and be a good one, whatever the segment, whatever the focus, whatever the differentiation. So it really does all align back to their business value. Okay. Thank you. Good one. I'm glad to have Abe Lincoln on the show, too. I don't know if he's ever been on before. Let's turn to your colleague at TBR Software Practice. Her name is Jillian Morandi. She's an analyst, and Jillian sent me a quote from, well, we are getting highbrow here, Henry David Thoreau. And the quote is, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you've imagined. Welcome, Jillian. How are you today? Thank you. I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having us on. Pleasure. So talk to me. How come you picked Thoreau? What does he have? Well, he couldn't have even imagined we would have this conversation, Jillian. So how do we relate him to the cloud discussion? I think this quote can be, you know, every decade or every few decades, it, it just comes back as so powerful. And I think for the cloud world, this quote really applies to, to all the entrepreneurs. So the, the entry for barriers are so low for developers um, and and to develop apps in the cloud, you know, if you figure out how to work better, how to work smarter, you know, you can develop an app, make tons of money, and, you know, just do it. I think there's so much opportunity, which is is why I uh, chose this quote for today. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, and it's nice to meet you. And let's turn to another one from TBR Software Practice. He's a principal analyst, and his name is Matt Healy. I was told not to call him Matthew, so we're good friends now. It's Matt. And Matt quoted, well, now we're getting political, Winston Churchill. And the quote is, politics are almost as exciting as war and quite as dangerous. In war, you can only be killed once, but in politics, many times. So true. Matt Healy, welcome. How are you? And talk to me about Sir Churchill. Well, thank you for having me on. And I'm, it's really a pleasure to be on uh, this, this, you know, the SAP radio. Uh, first of all, you got to go with Churchill in for, because he's one of the most quotable people, I think, who's ever lived. And one of the things that I really like is watching very large entrenched organizations battle with each other, whether it's politics or whether it's incumbent software vendors dealing with uh, insurgent cloud providers. So I think that it kind of really sums up what's going on here. Let's face it, we're going to be in a period of flux and turmoil, and there's going to be a lot of very epic battles that we can watch between the incumbent software vendors and some of the upstarts and incumbents and incumbents. And so I think that this really kind of you know, kind of captures, I think, what we're going to see over the next few years. And so that's why I went with this one. Um, I did have another one that I thought about, but and that one is anonymous. It is not all who wander are lost, but I think this one was a little bit more appropriate for the cloud topic. Well, if you get in the cloud and you don't know where you're going, you might get lost, but we're certainly going to bring people back to cloud reality today. So thank you for that, Matt. Appreciate it, and nice to meet you. And, and joining us the fourth person from TBR today is none other than Elizabeth Hedstrom Hanlon, who is a frequent guest here on various of our SAP Game Changers radio shows. She is an analyst in TBR's software practice along with her three other colleagues. And she quotes, well, here we go into politics again, Elizabeth Henry Kissinger. Thank you for that. And the quote is, there cannot be a crisis next week. My schedule is already full. And you know, that does apply to me. Mine is, so no crises. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm well, Bonnie. Thanks as always for the privilege. Well, thanks for helping us put together this esteemed panel. So talk to me. How does Kissinger fit into our cloud predictions discussion? 
I always have to laugh since this is a quote I've loved since I was probably in high school, but it keeps picking up additional relevance as I move throughout my career. When you look at what customers are trying to find in cloud purchasing, especially line of business customers around critical business applications, it's it's innovation without disruption. They don't have the time for chaos. They don't have the desire for chaos, and they don't have the budget for chaos. So especially when we when we get into our, our deeper predictions across this team that I'm so privileged to be a part of, you'll see that where we're really looking is cloud moving towards a world where it is as predictable or at least aspires to be as predictable as the world of on-premise. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, and thank you again for putting this panel together. You know what's coming up next. Well, Sven's been on before. I think Alan has as well, and Elizabeth, so I'm going to ask you, let's warm this up a little bit. I know we're all over the country and all over the world right now calling in, and uh, not great weather outside where I am here in New York. So let me find out what's in your cup today. Maybe you can warm us up a little. Sven Denikin, where are you calling from? I didn't even ask you, and what are you drinking right now, or Sven, what do you wish you were drinking? Yes, actually, I'm calling out uh, here directly from South Germany, and given the time here, as a good ex-developer, I'm drinking a nice cup of coffee, but given the time, I think I put some fancy stuff into it. (laughs) Okay, thank you very much. Alan Kranz, where are you calling from, and what's in your cup today, Alan? I'm calling from the East Coast, New Hampshire. Uh, As you well know, there's a good amount of snow coming down, so on days like this, I I love to channel my inner child and have a nice cup of hot chocolate with with marshmallows oh oh yes yes if i can get to the store now i've got to go out after the show and buy marshmallows thanks for the great idea i'll have to get rid of the oreos only one type of sugar at a time jillian mirandy where are you calling from and what are you drinking i'm calling from portsmouth new hampshire so pretty close to to alan uh, and i'm drinking my afternoon coffee green mountain from my new keurig i got for christmas Oh, congratulations. We have a lot of listeners and a lot of participants who like their Keurig. Are you happy with it so far? Yeah. You know, I held out for a while. I do like brewing coffee, but for days like today when I just need a few cups every hour, it's just pretty helpful (laughs) to make it that easily, and it's nice and warm and fresh. Tell us, decaf or not decaf? Real full strength? (laughs) Not decaf. Okay, I didn't think so. Matt Healy, where are you calling from and what are you drinking? I'm calling from snowy Hampton, New Hampshire, and given the temperature outside in the afternoon, I am going with a nice cup of Guatemalan fair trade coffee, uh, and that tends to be, for me anyway, a slightly smoother good afternoon coffee, not quite as bold as some of the morning ones where I really need to kickstart my day. I, I tend to not drink more generic coffee because I believe that life is too short for bad coffee and bad alcohol, so if you're going to drink those things, make them good. I, well, that's got to be a quote for the next time you come on the show, my dear. That was terrific. Thank you. We're going to embroider that somewhere from Matt Healy and Elizabeth Hedstrom Hanlon. What's in your cup today, Elizabeth? As, as Sven well knows from our time together at Sapphire, I'm an espresso junkie, but at this hour of the afternoon, I had to switch over to malt cider. I'm, uh, like my colleagues, caught up in the snow. I am in Massachusetts, a little ways from the office, and we've got a foot of snow on the ground. So switch to cider mulling to thaw me out after a shoveling round. 
Oh my goodness! Yes, we're trying. Yes, we're uh, we're melting here pretty fast, but it's turning very icy here in New York. I don't know if I'd trade you your weather or you'd trade yours for mine, but I'm still glad you're on. You know what? Through the miracle of of internet radio, we're all here, and we're going to keep it warm for the rest of the show. When we come back after the break, and I'm going to give my guests just about a minute and a half break, we're going to start off the predictions roundtable with Alan Kranz talking about his TBR forecast on the cloud. Market and Sven Denikin is going to make his comments from the SAP side. Let's see where we go with that. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Today's topic a cloud state of mind predictions 2014. Don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse. We'll be right back. Justin out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag s-a-p-r-a-d-i-o now let's get back to coffee break with game changers Welcome back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Our topic today, a cloud state of mind predictions 2014. I'm so privileged to have a panel of five. If you thought four was a packed house, this really is. We're having a good time talking about cloud predictions. I have Sven Denikin on the SAP side of the house, and I've got four analysts from TBR Software Practice. We're going to get going with our roundtable right now, and let's start approaching these predictions. First up is Alan Cran, Senior Analyst at TBR Software Practice. Alan, what prediction would you like to put on the table? And as soon as you're done, we will ask Sven Denikin to respond. Alan, start us off, please. Great. So my prediction, I focus on cloud research at TBR. And so for 2014, where we really see the market going is towards this personal cloud. So not just uh, public cloud resources that are standardized, focused on low cost, things like AWS, um, really getting to a position where customers are now have the flexibility to be able to mix and match the type of cloud environment to their own business and their own workloads. So this happens in a couple different ways. First, looking at companies uh, that have really started with generic cloud services, vanilla cloud services, if you will, increasingly becoming more vertical-specific. So looking at things like healthcare, government, providing the additional security and tools needed so that it really caters to the solutions that 
um, address the business needs within each of those specific areas. But it goes well beyond that if you look at things like private cloud, which has been steadily increasing in adoption. Um, the ability to, to have more of that flexibility, either do it on-premise or with a service provider, um, and then eventually to connect different types of clouds through hybrid, something that customers have been looking at for quite some time. We've seen more investment prop up over the past year, and we think that's only going to increase going forward so that it's really an evolution in terms of how customers are able to tailor cloud environments to their specific needs and verticals. Thank you, Alan. Sven Denikin, what do you think? Well, um, first of all, I, I think I, I can definitely follow what Alan um, has in mind and has discovered. Where well, I partially agree, I think it's about the right mix between on-premise, private, and what he calls public cloud. Actually, we call that LOB cloud, I will tell you in a second. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I fully buy that. Hybrid will be the norm. But you will have different drivers when it comes to cloud. Uh, what we see is that the line of business who decide on investments, they, of course, favor the public notion of a cloud because it's fast, it's fast innovation. I think the challenge is about there is no value of rip and replace existing solutions just for going into the cloud. Um, I think the value comes out of the innovation part. And that's why we have extended that idea of hybrid cloud also to include the on-premise portion. Now, you could argue if you're virtualized, you're already private cloud. But I think there's much more in there. And, and, and again, here, what I fully agree and buy, there's faster growth on those LOB sides of the house. And we will see those verticals. We will see them coming. Uh, the generic part was just the start, but the model that we see with cloud computing is just so superior for many, many, many customers that I think we're just getting started. Very interesting. Alan, anything you want to add to Sven's comments before we move to Jillian? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're in alignment. The thing I want to call out is one of the underlying drivers for this is this shift in uh, input and decision or control for IT decisions and the increasing uh, participation of LLB executives in that process is something we're tracking. And one of the things that's really driving a lot of the combination of cloud usage going forward, so it's not just something that's driven out of the IT side of the house anymore. There's more input and uh, budget control from the line of business that is shaping these custom solutions that ultimately tie back to business results, which I think is one of Sven's overall, um, you know, uh, beliefs in terms of how cloud is going to evolve going forward, and I think we'd agree with that. It's not just about cost. It's about things that really help those line of business executives uh, do their jobs better uh, and capitalize on opportunities, whether it's cost savings or uh, business growth opportunities out in the market. Thank you very much, Alan. Good conversation with you and Sven. Sven, keep your seatbelt on. We're not done with you yet. We're going to turn to Jillian Morandi, one of Alan's colleagues at TBR. And Jillian, you have a couple of predictions here, and I think you want to talk about sales and marketing approach about the hybrid cloud. So why don't you take it from here, and let's hear your predictions, and then Sven will respond. Thank you, Jillian. Go ahead. Great. So hybrid cloud is is evolving from the portfolio standpoint, um, from the sales and marketing standpoint, we see a, a lot of the pure play vendors, um, so Amazon, Google, Salesforce, ServiceNow, 
really expanding their, their go-to-market in a couple of different ways. Uh, most recently, Google, um, they were uh, pay-as-you-go, you know, go to the site, pay with a credit card, pretty easy, low-maintenance. Now that they're trying to get into the enterprise, um, we see them partnering with a, a lot of professional services firms. So the, the professional services part of Dell, um, they want Dell to lead them into to more enterprise deals. We see the same with Amazon, really improving their their partner strength and, and adding those professional services, which I think, um, you know, adds to the whole hybrid uh, IT model. We also see Salesforce and ServiceNow um, and Verizon expanding into different LOBs and to different verticals. Um, so I think whereas we, we started, um, you know, selling one cloud, one cloud fits all, it's really, really been evolving um, into a more mature approach, especially among vendors um, like the Amazons and Googles, who um, their portfolio is, is – Amazon's portfolio is pretty mature. Uh, Google's portfolio is getting there. But now they're starting to bring bring the, the rest of their operations up to speed. Um, and we think, you know, partnering with, with vendors to have a hybrid approach, so um, offering private cloud as well as – um, professional services will will really elevate those vendors. Thank you, Jillian. Shall we ask Sven Sven for his comments now? Sven, go ahead. Yeah, so so here I fully agree, and I think um, building on the earlier where where it's about the right mix from solutions you have and cloud solutions you add or you move completely to the cloud. Um, that's exactly what you need to do. You need to act and simplify. You need to act as one. So basically, that's also what we did. We have now one sales organization, which irrespective of the delivery model, because at the end, that technology needs to support, uh, but it's it's not the driver. We have one delivery model, one go-to-market, and it is the customer doesn't care if it's mobile coming from the cloud or on of its own data center. He wants a business to be solved. That's why thinking about one solution combination, it's the powerful way to do. Where I see challenges if you are in a pure cloud play, that you either are really forced to go into the ecosystem, and we're going to talk about that later. If, mm-hmm. if you don't have the breadth of the portfolio, you, you get that complexity because then, again, as a customer, you end up in a mushrooming environment of cloud solutions. And that is something where we see we need to help um, as mega cap vendors to solve. And also we need to do our homework. There's there's no way that uh, today an on-premise guy walks into the door, tomorrow the cloud guy, and then the mobile guy. That needs to stop, and that's what we are doing. So I agree. It's, it's one approach. It's one sales approach, one market approach tailored to what business outcomes. Thank you, Sven. And Jillian, I think you have a second prediction having to do with social capabilities being part of, not tacked on anymore. You want to talk to us about that? Yeah, so I, I think in 2014 and, and moving forward, um, social capabilities, uh, along with uh, analytics, along with mobile functionality, those will no longer be um, added to existing solutions. I, I think from now on, those capabilities are, are really going to be built into every application and, and every platform from the ground up. So in, for the, from the vendor side, um, it's both good and bad for some very small uh, analytics and social vendors that don't have uh, a huge presence right now. I, I don't see them um, doing so well, but for, you know, medium-sized vendors, um, even a, a Yammer, 
So it's, it's good and bad. It's great if they want to be acquired. Um, I the companies who aren't investing in, in adding these social capabilities through R&D right now will probably have to acquire these vendors. Um, but it's not so great if, you know, these vendors like a, a drive want to remain an independent company because they will, um, the, the functionality will eventually be built right into these applications. Okay, Sven. Um, how could I ever disagree with Jillian? So another one. Um, I'm fully with her. And I, I just want to quote um, my, my partner and colleague, uh, Samir Patel, our guru for that area. Mm-hmm. It's actually in building on what, what Jillian said. Um, it's time to throw the first pancake out. Uh, in the past, we have seen those solutions that add on tools somewhere, and then you were uh, juggling data from left to right. I think the approach we're taking, and by the way, with more than 12 million subscribers um, on our SAP Jam, which is more than Jadder and Jammer combined, um, that is really serious what we see. And the difference we did, it is part, an integral part of the application. You need to focus on the business process. You need to combine tools, processes, and content with the business context. And I think that's why and I would even not even call it social anymore. It's really collaboration capabilities. And if that is an afterthought or a tool somewhere, that doesn't help the business. We really need to take that from day one as part of our design thinking. And then to your comment of those vendors who don't have that capability, I think they will very pretty fast looking at how to collaborate with someone who understands not only how to build a social or a collaboration tool, but who's someone who has that business context and then connect with them. Actually, we see that as well, partnering with others. So I'm very much in line, and I, I just think, again, here we started. But the approaches we have seen in the past were, were not the right ones, but we're getting there now. Well, that's good. Progress is always good. Jillian, any final words to spend before we move to your colleague, Matt Healy, and talk to him? Jillian? Yeah, I, I just wanted to add on. I, I totally agree. I, I think the word social sometimes gets a bad rap, uh, but I, I do mean exactly that. So the, the collaboration and the project management, um, not everything needs a like button, but everything will need something where you can add a task or leave a note for a colleague, um, sort of beginning to replace email in the, the project management sort of view. So I do think SAP with, um, with Jam, you know, is well on its way. So, so that's awesome. Thank you very much, Jillian. And we're going to move to your colleague, Matt Healy, now. And Matt wants to talk about the battle for customer loyalty. How fierce is it? Matt, welcome back. And let's give Sven something to chew on here, and then we'll get his response. Go ahead, Matt Healy. Excellent. Well, thank you, Bonnie. I I want to take a step back, right, because we've been talking a lot about cloud and about feature functionality, and Jillian brought up some very good points around embedding social. Um, And we, in technology and in technology marketing, we all get very obsessed with feature functions and how good our stuff is. But when you sit down and you actually really talk to your end users and to your customers, they tend not to be buying technology because of feature functions. They tend to be buying technology because it solves a business problem for them. And the more effectively you can solve their business problem, the more loyal they're going to be. 
The problem comes when, as technologists, we write big horizontal applications because everybody has HR, everybody has finance and accounting, everybody has supply chain, or almost everyone has supply chain. Mm -hmm. But where you're really beginning to start allowing your customers to differentiate is around the unique aspects of their particular business, their particular industry, their company size. So as we start seeing technology really advance and new delivery models are available, hybrid cloud, public cloud, private cloud, all of these type of opportunities, we think that the vendors that are going to be most successful and are really going to endear themselves to the customers who are going to be most loyal to them are the ones who can make it relevant for me. I say that the radio station that everybody listens to is WIFM. What's in it for me? And from a software perspective, a lot of times this means what's in it for me, for my industry-specific application, and the supporting processes that are unique to me, and how can you make that relevant and help me gain a competitive advantage over my customers? Because if you can't do that, it's just a collection of feature function, and I can find someone else to deliver that to me. Well put. Sven Denikin, talk to me. Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm fully with you here, um, and I think it is not so much about technology for technology's sake. Technology needs to be an enabler, and, and there are too many people out there who love to talk about technology but forget exactly where you're coming from, for what is it, and, and what are we achieving with that? Uh, it is fair to say that if you have, don't have the right technology, you're even inhibiting that innovation which needs to happen. Many companies, many industries are changing. They have been in one industry before, and their industry is forced to change. So, And here comes the problem. If I'm sticking to a technology or if I'm forced to stick to a technology who can cope up with that change, then I have a technology problem as well. So, But I think we need to turn it around. We need to turn it around to say, with a given technology or a evolution of a technology, and that's the one, of course, we see now cloud computing has helped to, to raise that because businesses don't care. They don't care where it comes from. They don't care what technology is behind it. They even throw it um, in front of the IT people and say, just, just make, it, make, it, uh, make it happen. So I think we need to help IT, but we also need to help business to understand that investing in the right technology enables his business outcome, and then he can compare. He will always judge it by the business outcome, but you see what we, what we have with the consumerization of IT. Um, everyone who works in his private life or is in consumer business understands that sooner or later that has an effect on business and classical business IT, and that's what's happening now. So by the move to cloud, it is, of course, about how can I take what I have to the cloud, but how can I be on the cutting edge of innovation? And here I talk business innovation. That, of course, needs one platform. That needs a technology that is enabling that. So I'm with you here, and the differentiation will come by our industry. But here, uh, a caveat is many customers are not longer in only one industry. So you thought you were in one industry, suddenly you're mm -hmm. in multiple of them. So the lines are blurring. Even more there, yes, you need to have the right foundation, the right business process platform to really cope with that change. 
Thank right, you, and I want to I want to come mm-hmm. into that because you raised an interesting point um, that you know, Bonnie. Before you go to the next production, please yeah, inter- sure. you know allow me to to explore this a little bit. You please. may think you're in one industry. You may be looking across your competitive matrix about all of your competitors, and you're all in the same industry. And then somebody comes out of left field that doesn't even approach it the same way. You could argue that that is currently going on in the IT industry with Amazon Web Services. If I would have asked somebody, an infrastructure player, 10 years ago, would Amazon that's delivering books be one of your fiercest IT competitors, I probably would have been laughed off stage. But... They are because they're coming at it from a different perspective. So you may think you're in one industry, but your competitors may not think that you're in – they may think you're in a different industry than you are and may attack you differently. Sven, any comment to that? Yeah, the movie again building on that one, and you mentioned that before as well, that everyone is focusing us on horizontals. I would argue even the horizontals change. Yeah. You know, HR systems historically have been built for an HR department. That's not what the people need today. And not only the millennials. We have five different generations in the workforce pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So we need to think, really rethink how learning, how talent management, how recruiting works. If you look at Salesforce automation of someone who is in sales, that, that's history. It's about really how can I market to a segment of one. So even those horizontals are changing, and some of the providers, either from the technology space or from that very specific horizontal space, they are struggling if they have too many technologies stitched together and don't understand how a coherent business process platform with innovation really helps you. Thank you, Sven. Uh, Matt, let's go to your next prediction. Well, my next one, I think, kind of follows on um, with the uh, with with what we just went over, and this one really takes it into kind of the mid market uh, segments, and so. What we're looking at here is traditionally the way a lot of vendors have looked at the mid-market segment is this is serviced primarily through channels. And so when you start looking across how you're going to start rolling these things out across the challenge, um, when you start rolling them out across there is how are you as a technology vendor going to be able to continue to address the mid-market uh, while your channel partners are looking around and saying, but wait, I've got a variety of different people that I can, or technology vendors that I can provide, and I have the relationships with my customers. And so what we really see coming front and center here is the importance of the channel partners and an importance of them as a vehicle to get to the mid-market segment. And so... We think that that's going to be paramount, and in order to keep them in in your camp, it's going to be about making sure that they can satisfy the needs of their end users. My predictions all come around what the end users and what the consumers of this technology are after. And so it's my feeling that going forward, keeping the end users happy through the channel or through direct is going to be most important, but the, the role of the channel and the end users are going to be essential in the coming years. Sven? Yep, uh, partially agree, and maybe let me give it a little bit different spin. So mm-hmm. no doubt the channel or broader set, the ecosystem is key, and we'll come to the end user later. So, so it is key for success. But for me, the driver is not only how good you work with your ecosystem, and we at SAP have a large one, 
we have with multitudes of them and we're proud of that. <clears throat> but I think again here I would come from the innovation perspective. So so if you focus on even whatever segment you are on the innovation topics, um, a mid-market company today is, is faced by similar and sometimes the same global challenges than large customers. Now, you can't just replicate from the larger customers to the smaller ones and even putting it off cloud, say, well, now you have the same. Um, I think the ecosystem more comes in from doing that last mile or doing that very specific, having the closeness to that end user and to that customer which is needed that maybe larger vendors can't do. But where the appeal comes in is from innovation. I think that's the only way how you can address multiple segments. Um, where I fully agree with you is, is that the end user is paramount. The end user needs to be as front and center of what you do, and actually we've invested a lot also in changing our way via design thinking, via co-innovation, because you need to really turn it around. Uh, there is no way that a developer, as clever as he is, or a product manager, or a marketeer, or a sales guy, could really top what you find out if you sit next to an end user and look how it's working and you discover what he really needs. And that should be the driving force of how innovation is implied then in applications. Thank you, and I think Go I think ahead. I want to I want to just explore again. I'm sorry, Bonnie. You know, I just no, you, you, you get somebody intelligent like Sven and I on the phone, and we're going to talk back and forth. Um, That's what we love. That's what we want. The, the fact is, when you, you did hit on something that I think is a flaw that some uh, technology vendors have, have gone through. It's the theory that I can take a large enterprise product, strip it down a little bit, and then sell it as a mid-market product product because, well, the mid-market customer is the same as the large enterprise customer. Yes, at a 40,000-foot view, they do have the same problem, whether it's horizontal or industry-specific. Every organization has HR, learning, and um, recruiting problems that are solved with software. But to say that TBR, where we have fewer than 100 employees, our HR problem is the same as SAP's, where I suspect you have more than a few hundred employees. Yeah, it's the same problem, but the way you solve it is completely different given the scale. And if you just strip the product down, you're going to end up with unhappy large enterprises or unhappy mid-market customers. It just, they are the same problems, but they have to be solved differently. At least that's my two bits on it. Sven? I agree. I agreed. And I think given given where we come from, we have seen it both ways, right? And then even SAP itself, we tried it both ways. I think the only way is, like you said, you need to be much more closer to really the segment you are talking to. That can be industry, that can be size, and that can be, of course, also geographic. You know, uh, that's that's a very good example again here. Um, Everyone thinks he can support global by just translating the solution. And he says, I have so much countries, so much languages. That's not really making it. You need to be close to those markets and understand how the process is really acting. It's not only a legal thing. It's how the people work. It's how so there are many think. facets to it. And, 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 and I think, again, coming back to the topic we're talking here, cloud computing, I think the beauty is if you have an ability to deliver every quarter 
I mean really every quarter. You not only can talk about feature and function, you can see what is really used and it can fix every quarter if something changes. But that again comes back, do you understand what is happening everywhere? Do you have the scale? Do you have the ecosystem who helps you to get there? Yeah, and, and, and you're right. You can't just translate. I, I spent two years um, recently living in Singapore, moved from the East Coast and spent two years in Singapore. The official language in Boston is English. The official language in Singapore is English. To say that those two operate the same way, you couldn't be further off. But it's the same language. It's the same people. So why wouldn't they be the same? As they sing in the same Singapore. No, ma, not the same. No. So, so, all right. Well, we'll turn it back over to Bonnie, or else I'm yeah, sure Sven and I can talk for much longer. I think you could. We'll have to get you back. But, uh, Matt, we're going to move to Elizabeth Hedstrom Henlon because I've only got 11 minutes left till the end of the show. We're not going to take a final break. And Elizabeth had several predictions she wanted to go over with with Sven Denikin. So, Elizabeth, let's turn it over to you. Welcome back on. And, Elizabeth, Thank you, why don't you do? Thank you, Sven, especially for okay. what time it is over there. Yeesh. I know. I know. He's really working late tonight. So what would you like to discuss? What, what's your top, let's do your top three predictions, Elizabeth, and get Sven's responses. Well, let's, let's take this a couple of ways. As um, listeners who've heard me on SAP radio before know, um, I am the enterprise software counterpart to Jillian and that we're both taking a look at a lot of the applications and platform vendors, but I look at the the traditional moving to cloud players and she looks at the cloud pure plays. And so the first one that I think is probably worth highlighting is this idea of mobility as being about information. When we're looking at mobility, at least from, from our chair, and as you've heard from my, from my four teammates, who've, my three teammates, the four of us together, we really get to bounce a lot of fun ideas between, between, um, between aisles, I guess you'd say at this point. Mm-hmm. It's about device agnosticism, and where we really see the moving uh, play for mobility in 2014 is how do you both control information from the data center to the device, regardless of the device, because that's what your end customers need. They don't really want to know whether it's an iPad or an Android device. They really want to know that the truck driver who has to reorder food because he's run out mid-run can do so from their phone and not lose time. So it's about visibility, it's about information, and also it's about channel access and support of that development. I, Matt and I and Alan all looked at this channel study together, and it's, we saw a very fascinating opportunity for channel partners to support and extend application development and growth. So where do customers need the help? Where do vendors want the help? It's a, it's a channel it's a channel partner market, we really think, this year in terms of mobile mobile application development. Sven? Partially agree. <laughs> um, okay. I think your point about, uh, about what mobility means, I'm fully with you. I would argue a lot of vendors say they build mobile first. I think it goes much, much further than that. So mobility for me is ubiquitous. It is more a behavior and an ask for simplification than technology. Now, if you look what we are also doing in that space from a user experience, that, of course, is very tied to mobility. But we need to realize this business processes can start on-premise, go to the cloud, pass the mobile device, and go back. 
And I think it's more you need to take a step back and think about where do I start? And starting with simplification is a hard thing to do, but that's exactly what we're up for with, with, with our approaches like with Fiori and others. Um, when you see with the channel, I think for us it was important, and that's why we, of course, also acquire technology, to look at, again from a business process perspective. And I want not to outsource too many pieces of it, and I don't want to force everyone on different platforms and different hands to shake. I want to make clear that the truck driver being the expert, being the manager on his, on his um, mobile device, that all is a different behavior today, and it asks for simplification, and it needs to run on many technologies, and that's why for us it was important not only to rely on partners, but have that as part of our DNA, by the way, as part of the platform. I would agree, and I have to tell you, I, this is a prediction I haven't put down other than in, in back and forth with Jillian and I, but we were, from the cloud perspective and from the apps perspective, we're in agreement that the user experience, customer narrative is the new cloud washing of 2014, and I think there's a real opportunity for vendors in the market to define what that means in terms of business value for customers and take mm-hmm. mind share around that concept because everybody's throwing it at the wall right now with their, plat- with their portfolios and platforms to see if it sticks. Even Salesforce.com, as Jillian has told me more than once, they're only just now getting to the mobile first story, and you'd think they would have been first off the gate. Okay, Elizabeth, we have time for one more prediction for you and Sven to discuss. I think that'll that'll wrap us up. So why don't you pick pick well? <laughs> I'll have to go to one of my favorite topics, which is business intelligence, in Good. support of the in support of the line of business buyer. And we've been studying business intelligence now for the last eighteen months at TBR. And when we look at buyer behaviors, when we look at how even the laggards have come to see that business intelligence is real, it's here to stay, but they need help. The idea of embedded analytics, embedded BI within the line of business application is here to stay, and it's going to be a real game changer for customers in 2014 and a real game changer for those vendors and partners that can position themselves as the trusted advisor. And I think that's where you're really going to see a lot of consolidation in the business intelligence market across the next 18 months. As Sven well knows, since SAP was quick off the gate and picking Kexen up in the last, what, Sven, six months? Something like that? Mm-hmm. So it's really, again, to the point of simplicity, you know, if I had to speak for my colleagues and boil all of what we've just put out for you all together, how do you keep it simple for the customers? Because despite the fact that we do see some relaxation in spending, it's nowhere near a floodgate. So the customers are going to want what they need, when they need it, and in a package that is just enough, not too much, not too little. I feel like I'm telling the Goldilocks story all of a sudden. <laughs> you are. Sven, go ahead. Why don't you finish this up for us? I do agree, but here comes the German but. <laughs> the yes. but is for me, like, you know, you don't, you don't. You really need to rethink your solution architecture um, as a customer, and not only the larger ones and the smaller ones. Now, I would argue if in-memory computing is done right, there is no need for all the P and all up next to each other. And, and by the way, I'm not going to mention the name of that product, even if you're waiting for. But 
you can get rid of those redundancies. So we have built BI systems in parallel due to, to the technical need. That is gone. What I mean by that is now thinking ahead, I would argue in-memory computing, you're going to have from everyone. Everyone is going to be on in-memory pretty soon. But it needs to be the right one. And not, you can't just take your existing stuff and put it somewhere in, in the DRAM and then think you're in memory. You really need to rethink as a vendor first what uh, the complete architecture. When you do that, the customers will rethink what problems now I can solve. And I would argue in memory or real time is not long enough. It needs to go to predictive. And you mentioned our acquisition of KXCN, and here's a nice story about it. When we announced that, I think everyone at SAP, and we have a lot of people, were crying and screaming and shouting, wow, that's cool, I need that for my app. Mm -hmm. And very soon you would have them somewhere everywhere, and it's a small company, right? So what we did actually put that as the part of the platform as a service. And if you have the right architecture, if you have the right technology, suddenly you can get that predictive in any cloud app, in any on-prem app like tomorrow. That's why just in a quarter for the next release, now we have solutions that use the full power of that predictive technology, and not only in BI, but really in the application, in the inline in-memory analytics. And that's a pretty cool thing to have. Did I say HANA? No, I didn't. <laughs> I knew one <laughs> you know, of you was going to say it. <laughs> yes, we yep. did. You know what? We have two minutes to close out. I'm going to ask each of you to give me a one-word buzzword for Cloud Predictions 2014. I know that's hard, but I need one word from each of you. Sven Denikin, what's the one buzzword you would tell people or one phrase? That's all I have time for, for 2014 Cloud. Go. Cloud is business. That's my 2014 prediction. That's really my Perfect. Block. Alan Kranz, what's your buzzword for 2014? Custom cloud. Like it. Jillian Morandi, buzzword. Open APIs. Okay. Matt Healy. LOB. Because oh, good. it keeps you focused on, on not getting too IT. In IT, that means LOB. Right now, given the Seahawks win, LOB can mean Legion of Boom. Stay with your customers and keep, and keep your eye on the fact that not everyone is immersed in IT. Thank you, Matt. Elizabeth, go ahead. What's your buzzword? Simple choice. Oh, I like that. Great stuff. I want to thank Sven Denikin from SAP. And on the TBR side of the aisle, we use the word aisle, Alan Kranz, Jillian Morandi, Matt Healy, Elizabeth Hedstrom, Hanlon. Thank you also to my colleague and co-producer, Malcolm Kimberlin, who is listening, and to Justin and the Business Channel team. I want to thank everyone for sharing your insights, your expertise, your passion. Matt Healy, your passion's just coming through the line today. We love it. I want to say thank you to everyone for being part of this very special edition of Coffee Break with Game. Game Changers presented by SAP, and now I have a word of request to all of my guests. Fasten your seatbelt. You too, Sven Denikin. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a Game Changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 